Now back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It is your favorite host, Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. I assume that's the case. J.D. Pacquiao now joining us from Houston. And uh, J.D., welcome back to the Mosley Show. And uh, what a what a time it is. You are in Houston. I mean, you were within hours of that last, those semifinal games. There you were, man. I just was reviewing. You're like 12-minute hit, just solo. There you are in that beautiful-looking studio <laughs> reacting to the semifinal. Good stuff and kind of had a preview, and you were already making your pick. Um, J.D., have you uh, – how are you, by the way? And, by the way, how is Houston? Is Houston uh, – is it, I mean, is there is there a buzz? Is there a noticeable buzz, uh, noticeable buzz in the community as uh, as you make your way around with on three sports? Yeah, well, one pleasure to be on. I'm doing much better now being on with my favorite host. To tell you the truth, um, but no, when it comes <laughs> to Houston, uh, got to be in LA last year, which was absolutely sensational. I mean, pitching myself and all that. But I think it is uh, it's very noticeably different being in a state and in a city that truly, I think, just as a public has a, has an interest in college football, whereas L.A., you've got the beach, you got, you know, Hollywood, you got a million other things grabbing at you, whereas in Houston, I think there's other things to do as well, but uh, it's very, very evident that, you know, that the city itself, I think, really appreciates what's going on and appreciates this game, so, man, I'm, I'm fired up. It's going to be uh, it's gonna be a, a box office kind of game is what I'm expecting, so... All in all, I think it's a great event and, and great, uh, great for the city of Houston the way they're putting it on, man. The Big Red came through town, Cornell, and acquitted themselves right. pretty nicely, quite honestly. I don't know if you got to see that when we opened up the new pavilion. Lots of excitement. Looks great. You'll have to see it. But uh, I was impressed with your alma mater. They came to fight. They love a good back cut, much like the old. And I think we just assume any Ivy League team, we call it like the Princeton offense. I mean, I don't sure. think they actually all run the Princeton offense, but like we just assume if you're the Ivy League team, you run the Princeton offense. But uh, right. but they had a couple of ballers. They had some athletes. They had one guy that just stood outside like I would and just launched threes, never tried to <laughs> dribble, never tried to drive. He just he, he had one job, redheaded kid, number 15, and they just said, you stay out here and you launch threes. That's your only job here. He's a here. bucket now. He's a bucket. <laughs> I think he was – I want to say he was I – I could be telling a story here, Matt, but I think he's somewhere in the top ten last season in terms of, like, three-point field goal percentage. So, I know that they didn't win. They didn't cover either, which was the real bummer there. I think the line was, like, 17 or, or 16 and a half, and it ended up being a 17-point game, so – Vegas knew something. They had, they had the Big Reds number on that one. But, uh, no, I was, I was pleased to see it was uh, within 20. Good showing for the Big Red tournament time. Hopefully they can find their way in there. What do you think? Michael Penix Jr. is just such a revelation. I love the kid. He, you know, and, and boy, bet against him at your own risk. Throws such a gorgeous deep ball. And I, I have had this feeling today that, that the Heisman voters did him and did America a disservice because now he truly looks, and again, I know you have to vote when you vote, but, you know, it's just kind of hard to believe he's not the Heisman winner. I was reading something today where somebody said that he was a Heisman-level quarterback for half or two-thirds of the year. 
And maybe there's something to that. Maybe, you know, I'm locked in this last couple of months or ever since that first, you know, first battle against Oregon, that's what comes to my mind. But it's just hard for me to believe the LSU guy. And, again, he was great. But now that we sure. see what Penix has done, it's, just, it's kind of hard to believe that he's not the Heisman winner. No, without question. And I think there is – some validity to that statement of, hey, for two-thirds to half of the year, he probably played like a Heisman quarterback. Now, to, to be fair, uh, that two-thirds that half of the year came at the exact right time, and I'm sure he wouldn't trade the timing of, of the way he's played and the way that Washington's played for any accolades or trophies, much less the Heisman. Um, but I do think, I mean, looking at his numbers, I was, I was a little cooler on him because, I mean, he had two separate games where, Matt, he threw for zero touchdowns. And I understand that his team found a way to win. I understand he's a huge part of their success. He's a huge part of why they're in this game. He's arguably the reason why they are in this game, along with that monster group of the wide receivers they have that I'm sure have great NFL careers. Uh, but Jaden Daniels, to me, over the course of the entire season, I truly felt had a better body of work and did it in, uh, obviously, a difficult conference. I'm not saying anything in the back-to-back 12, but um, I-, I felt like the right guy won the award. But, again, I'm sure Jaden Daniels would trade the Heisman Trophy for a chance to be playing here in a few hours as well. So I think Michael Penix Jr. You know, kind of came up smelling uh, the best out of that whole situation. Have you thought differently as we've gotten closer to kickoff, or does your gut – early on your gut was saying with the four-and-a-half that the line opened up with take the Huskies, take the Dogs – uh, I think they do some wolfing. I know Georgia fans do wolfing, but they do some wolfing uh, with the, with the Huskies. As we've gotten closer to kickoff, do you have? Are you hedging your bets at all? Have you felt differently? Um, you know, Washington came out of that thing a little banged up. In fact, they're running sure. back that Dylan Johnson. He says he's good to go. I I can't see him being really at full strength. And there are some guys. Muhammad comes to mind. There are some defensive players that are banged up as well for Washington. Does not seem like they're as healthy as Michigan, although when you play Bama, what do you, you're beat up, right? I mean, LSU always seems like they come out of those games and it's hard to compete the next week or two after you play Bama. Are your feelings still pretty much the same as they were six or seven days ago? You know, I think my thesis is the same in the sense that I still think Washington is, is the side here, especially for getting, you know, that four and a half point. But, I mean, I'll tell you what, throughout this week, we got a chance to be around both teams at media days. And, you know, it's it's not something you can really quantify. You know, how many points is that worth on the scoreboard? How a team acts at media day? Probably a little bit, you know, too much to look into. Probably tells us we need to kick the ball off here pretty soon. But, Tell you what, man, like Michigan just seemed so confident, so loose, and not a loose to where they were like not, you know, I think impressed by the moment, but loose in the sense of this is this is kind of what everybody came back for. And, and now they're here and they've played a number of enormous stages that I think are going to really serve them well on the ultimate stage tonight. So, uh, I mean, comparing that to how Washington felt, I think they were locked in when they were at media day. But, I mean, it was very much so a more – uh, dialed in bunch. You had the sunglasses on. You had the hoods tucked over the head. Like it was more so like we're here for business. So the thing I'm thinking here, Matt, is that's kind of a fine line between high strung and locked in. You know that that line is very very thin there. So I do think they'll come to play. I do still think Washington decide. Heck, I'm actually taking Washington to win tonight. 
Um, but the path for them to victory is definitely much more narrow than Michigan. I just, at the end of the day, man, I think Michael Penix Jr. and Roma Dunze and all those freaks they have in that wide receiver room are just going to ultimately be, you know, the, the narrow path that they walk to, to find their way to win this thing. J.D. Pakel joining the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas, on three. I mean, various sites, you can see them all over YouTube, on three, and you can subscribe to some of this stuff, and and uh, I have uh, I have enjoyed watching the videos, and I would imagine within about an hour or so after the game, you'll be putting some videos together, and you'll probably go live if I know you. You like a good live. Now, will you go with one of those, a guy that played some college football like you, you like a you like a kind of a fitted T-shirt situation. Will you go with that tonight, <laughs> or since it's the national title game, will you be more like in a a pullover three quarter zip? What will you go yeah, with? Well, because it's almost kind of like your thing. Like who's the guy that's sleeveless? You know, our our guy that has been getting in a little trouble lately over on ESPN. Sure. He goes with the muscle shirts. The former punter. Uh, you go with the kind of the tight workout shirt. Yeah, you know, I, I try to not o- overdo that side of things. But at the end of the day, I still want to be, <laughs> still want to be taken seriously to a degree. There, uh, you know, we got we got a uh, we got some nice uh, pants that I bought actually this week from Lululemon with a with a gift card. So thank you to my in laws for that. And then I got a sweater that I'm wearing uh, along with that was that was another Christmas gift from last year. So all Christmas gifts and some uh, some Nike sneakers and we're we're good to go. So I, I think we're not standing out too much like a sore thumb just yet, but um, I'll obviously keep you posted if anything changes on that front. Yeah, I got in there and got some, uh, not Lululemon, what's another, Viore, and, yeah. and got some really, I mean, I think, you know, some decent joggers. I mean, and but I had to kind of go, those things are a little more fitted than I'm built for, all right? So, and then I had to go <laughs> request the bigger size, right next to a woman who was asking to size down to an extra small, and they said, sir, what size do you need? And I had to do the whole, I was like, oh, just go one size up. I just couldn't say the size out loud, especially in the context of a woman getting an extra small. You know, just my size was going to be much different than that. Um, But uh, anyway, well, it'll be good. We'll be be watching for that, the Lululemon's. Uh, busting that out. You're always kind of down there on the field <laughs> after those games. It's kind of fun to see all my buddies like, um, you know, uh, Ubbin from The Athletic and some guys like that. I'll see them down there as the game's coming to an end. They let all the media down there. I don't know why they let them off the sideline. They used to yeah, do that with all of us. But Heck, who they, they kind of don't do that anymore in the NFL. I <laughs> used to be down there on the sideline like in front of the black hole in Oakland. Like, and that's Ooh. scary. That's a scary situation. And I remember sitting there. Who was the big, um, not Ice-T, who was the big, who was the big Raiders fan Ice that was Cube? a rapper? Ice, Ice Cube? Cube, yeah. I was standing yeah. over close to Ice Cube, but I didn't know. I didn't know if I was in danger or the safest guy ever. You know what I mean? I, I think, was just over. <laughs> I think the latter there, yeah. I think that's a good company to keep right there, without question. Yeah, Lowey Mosley and Ice Cube uh, go hand in hand. I think most people would would uh, <laughs> would agree with that. Now these receivers, I this uh, Michigan, I I I mean like Roman Wilson making that huge play. What a moment in that game! That ball got tipped, 
and he goes up and gets it. I, I got to say, I'm more intrigued because I love, you were mentioning some of them, McMillan, Polk, Adunze. Um, I love these Washington receivers. But McCarthy has some weapons as well. We just don't think of it because they will run the ball more and they'll commit mm-hmm. to it. A little more balanced attack. What do you think has to have? If Michigan's going to win this thing, what does McCarthy have to do? Because his numbers aren't Penix Jr. numbers, but in games where that are close, he really does step up his game and puts up some great numbers. They're just not as massive as a Penix Jr. Sure, yeah. When they uh, when they get into a spot where they need answers, he has come up big in multiple spots. I mean, the Ohio State game last year, you just mentioned the Rose Bowl. Uh, and I think that's kind of the, the same tune they need him to sing tonight. Um, whenever there's a spot where Washington is able to create negative plays and, and able to you know get a TFL on Quorum or Edwards or whoever it is, and you find yourself in third and passing, so we're talking you know third and seven plus, if he can be the answer for you and be the equalizer to where Washington has to try and add numbers to to stop the run and he's able to just kind of play seven on seven back there or be a converter on those third and passing situations, I mean, that's going to just be ultimately, I think, too much for Washington. And at that point in time, if, if Michigan's able to get stops, I mean, it could be over could be over kind of quick, Matt. No, I don't expect that to be the case. I think Washington will ultimately score some points and make this thing a bit of a foot race to some degree, but um, at the end of the day, what JJ needs to do is be efficient, and like I just said, on third and passing, he has to be the answer for Michigan to be able to extend drives and, and be able to match scores with Washington. All right, and, and Roma Dunze, I mean, that that is just, he's, he's unbelievable. I mean, there's just a few receivers that just seem to go out there and win every battle. You know, and and you see sometimes I notice these in late in game, late night games. Maybe it's Pac-12 receivers or something that you're just like, my gosh, like they're leaning on this one dude. It's just kind of crazy to be that great of a team and yet lean that heavily on a player. I, I don't know what his draft status is going to look like or whatever, but it's just it's just kind of crazy how he competes and how Penix Jr. and him have that. I mean, is is a Dunze is just about it. I, I mean, I, to me, how how is that guy not the Blitnikoff? I get that Marvin Harrison Jr. Sure. is great. Sure. I get all that, but again, it's another Washington player. I I don't I don't know if anybody as a receiver impacts a game quite as much as a Dunze does. And I think you just hit it on the head. Like you could argue for him, he is as big a reason as Michael Penix Jr. And I think a lot of respect as to why they're playing in this game. And for me, just transparently, he's a big reason why I'm picking them to win this game. Because I mean, you look at it on paper. What's the line of scrimmage edge? Probably Michigan. Uh, what's the edge in the backfield? Probably Michigan. Who's the more physical, more experienced team? Probably Michigan. And to be honest, like that's kind of been the the situation Washington's found themselves in against Oregon and against Texas. And, and quite frankly, it just it hasn't mattered. Like, they've just been able to kind of have this trump card, the ace up the sleeve every single week. And it's just been, yeah, you might have the advantage, but we're going to sort of be the Steph Curry of, of the college football world, meaning you might have every physical advantage. But when, when, when that three-point shot is on and he can just pull up within half court, same thing with the Doomsday and Penix, when that deep pass is on, like, it just quite frankly doesn't matter. And you've you got to play on their terms, and they've been able to play on their terms to the tune of an undefeated season and a conference title. 
Well, I'm going to let you get ready for it. I mean, it's uh, it's coming, and and you'll be in there in position. Uh, you know, uh, you'll be up there in the press box doing your thing down the sideline, uh, and uh, that'll be uh, it's going to be a great night. I, I was even just looking at some of those Michigan defensive players. That's we're so caught up on offense, but when you look at like McGregor. Uh, who's that DB with all the interceptions and pass pro? Oh, Mike. Um, yeah, San Rastil. San, San, yeah. San Wow. I mean, he's – I just don't think in college you don't always have like, oh, like great nickelbacks. You just have great cornerbacks, right? But when you have a guy that can kind of come inside and be that disruptive, um, you know, that's a big one. I mean, this it's is – there's just so many fun aspects of this. And then let's not forget Blake Corum for Michigan – like that jump step he had in that game, uh, basically the game winner down there. I mean that was yeah. that jump cut, I guess I should call it. Um, I I don't know if we saw that at Cornell. Those kinds of jump cuts. No, I mean. no, we did not. We definitely did not. <laughs> not with the big red, at least not out of not out of yours truly. But yeah, there's a reason why I don't think he uh, he found his way to Ithaca, New York. <laughs> well, Ithaca weather's. Uh, Weather's not always what you want it to be, but some good topography. Uh, I, and I think uh, it's great academics. And uh, anytime you share, hey, where'd you go? Where'd you, you know, people ask you when you get there and you're meeting new people. You say, I went to Cornell. Do you do it? Do you kind of almost apologize when you say it? Kind of like, I went to I went to Cornell. Or do you kind of, no. I mean, or do you even work Baylor in the mix? You did some graduate work at Baylor. Do you, sure, do you at least sure. put the Bears in the mix a little bit? That, well, one, I appreciate the the ego boost you're giving me just just through this conversation in general. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I think uh, I think some of that all gets maybe. I mean, it's, it's, truth be told, Matt, I think people know Cornell not because of the you know standing it has academically, but more so from uh, the television series The Office. Andy Bernard. I mean, that is typically the first. You know, that's kind of the first touch point of common ground for me. Is oh, you know, hey, you've seen The Office, yeah. Andy? Yeah, hey, that's that's the school. So. So anyway, that's uh, that, yeah. that's my well, uh, our response typically. One of the Simpsons writers, one of the lead Simpson writers, was a Cornell guy too. So there's some good Cornell no jokes okay. that show up on the Simpsons from time to time. I'll send you the one clip that my Cornell football playing buddy, who's a bit older than you, sent me recently. But hey, have a great night. Uh, very exciting, and we'll be watching. And uh, I guess folks can just go to On3, uh, the site, and sign up if they want to, right, or find you on YouTube, uh, all the various platforms. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you just go ahead and, and type in On3 into your search bar and you find that, that red icon that has the, the On3 script, uh, that's the channel you'll, you'll find us at. And, uh, Matt, before I get out of here, I want to make sure I thank you because you were someone who uh, I am extremely indebted to. Just, I mean, I remember – Texting you, calling you multiple times, and just say, "Hey, is it, you know, what do you think about this in the broadcasting world for media?" And I mean, you you could have, you know, said, "Get lost, kid," but you were always extremely uh, open to me and kind to me, and for that, I'm I'm extremely uh, thankful, and like I said, forever indebted. So, uh, very very much appreciate your impact on, on me personally and from a professional standpoint as well. Well, that's very kind of you to say, and, and uh, when you see young talents like yourself come through, you better be nice because I want you to keep coming on with me for years to come. So uh, I appreciate you. Have a great night, uh, J.D. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Likewise. Thanks, Matt. Uh-huh. J.D. Pakel from On3Sports. And uh, 
they've become big in the you know the whole portal world. College football is their huge thing, and I just saw a big announcement where they turned for the second year they turned a profit. That's not always easy for like a startup new organization, but uh, good for them as they continue to keep it rolling. Now we'll do the same at the Matt Mosley Show. Uh, and um, I think we've turned a profit this year, thanks to all our unbelievable sponsors and partners uh, here at the Matt Mosley Show in ESPN Central Texas. Uh, Aaron, let's uh, let's do the NFL Blitz package, and let's do that next.